Welcome to episode 17 of Retrosonic Podcast. I'm Steve from the Retroman blog, and I'd just like to say a big cheers. Kampai, as they say in Japan. Kampai, Steve. Thank you, and uh, nice to welcome you here into the pod again, Paul. This is uh, rock photographer Paul Slattery. And uh, how great it is to be here. This is our first blog for a few months, Steve. Yeah, it's been a long while, hasn't it? It has been, as usual. (laughs) We've been so busy this year, but uh, we thought we'd better put a podcast together just before Christmas anyway. Give everybody a good Christmas present. Yeah, this Um, is... It's going to be a bit of a bumper edition uh, to celebrate Christmas and New Year, because festivities and all that, you know. That's right, because we have had a pretty decent year, rock and roll-wise, this season. Yeah, it's we? been good. This yes, season. This <laughs> season. Oh, well, you've been well. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's been pretty good, too. Yeah. But well, there you no, go. No football. We said, no we football. All, okay. we said we're not going to talk about football or politics on this podcast. Okay, right. <laughs> Just because my religion. team's doing better, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway. Yeah, so <laughs> welcome, Paul, and uh, it's nice to be back together doing... Episode 17, can you believe it? Episode 17, blimey. blimey. How, many, how long is that now? How many years Gosh. have we been doing it? Well, about three years now, isn't it? Three, is it? Gosh. Seems like a lifetime, doesn't it? It does, it is a <laughs> lifetime, yeah. Anyway, and talking about Kampai... Yes, yes. Well, I've been to Japan recently, and I just missed one of our favourite bands, uh, Sunset Drive, who were doing a gig without their original bass player, um, Alistair, because he went back to New Zealand. Um, but then I just heard the news that uh, he's going back to Japan for a holiday over Christmas and New Year, and they're getting back the band and doing a reunion gig. Oh, they were an amazing band. I know. Last I know. time I was in Japan, a couple of years ago, I actually postponed my trip back. Yes. <laughs> for four days <laughs> That's right. to see Sunset Drive. <laughs> I'm sure that <laughs> the Ruby Room in... In Tokyo, and it was an f- absolutely amazing gig. Yeah, really. Yeah. They are a class act, and they were uh, great, aren't they? Their, their records are just yeah. just superb, aren't they, Steve? Really? Oh, brilliant! Great live band. I mean, I was taken along uh, to see them by some friends in Tokyo, and they said, "I'll oh, come along. We've got a friends band playing." And you know, when someone says that, you normally think, "Oh, Jesus Christ, they're going to be not, shit." Not the friends band. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh God, no. <laughs> so anyway, I went along to the Ruby Room in Shibuya in Tokyo. It's a great venue, uh, really small little club. And they had Alistair, this tall New Zealand guy playing bass and singing, and then the two Japanese guys, a great guitarist with a flying V, excellent drummer, and they were just fantastic. Toshi, isn't it? He's amazing mm, guitarist, great, isn't he? Great. So I went up afterwards and said, I've got to buy your records. I didn't have much money on me, so I said, well, what can I have? Because Japan is expensive, you know, I had about... Thousand yen or something. I yeah. like, what can I have for a thousand yen? Was, <laughs> yeah. I think they were, he was so chuffed that someone wanted to buy the <laughs> CDs, but he gave me a T-shirt and both the, both the records, Aww. and um, I thought they were just brilliant. And then I told you about, them, and I played them to you, and then you went to Japan next, and, and you actually the saw them. Yeah, oh, it was it was one of the best gigs I've ever been to. I think, and uh, I, I just think they were just a really, really one of those amazingly underrated and unknown bands uh, who've made a couple of records that have been absolutely brilliant Uh, I love all their records and uh, which uh, one have you picked? well this is my favourite and it's called uh, She Don't Need Anybody let's hear it
telling me she don't need anybody. Great Sunset Drive and She Don't Need Anybody from their It's All You EP. And yeah, they must have been quite surprised that a legendary rock photographer postponed his flight back just to see them. It must have been a nice treat. And actually, you took some great photos of that night and we put them on the blog a couple of years ago, didn't we? Well, it was one of those sort of wild, legendary nights in a small venue, which I love. Yeah. It was like a nice little friendly crowd with them. Very very friendly crowds, very enthusiastic, very punky. Yeah. And uh, just just great to see a band that are really that good. Because one thing I noticed with, with them, which was great, because, you know, we go to see loads of small bands in small venues. One thing over here in the UK is often you get a band and they've got their friends and their family or their, and their pets and things in the audience. But everyone sort of stands at the back, don't they? And, mm-hmm. and, you, and trying to get people to go to the front of the stage and support their mates or their family, whatever. Not it's really Tokyo. difficult. But in Tokyo, they were just mad, weren't they? No, Everyone yeah. is right to the front, <laughs> yeah, dancing, yeah, jumping around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd love yeah. to see that in, oh, um, yeah. over here a bit more. Yeah, you know, yeah, because, yeah. You know, well, the Japanese do it without any booze, amazingly, although those tickets, oh, sorry, those tickets, uh, the ticket to one of those gigs comes with a free drink as well, doesn't it? That's so you right. get, So yeah. you get your 1,000 yen. It costs you 1,000 yen to get in, yeah. plus your free drink. Yeah. So you've knocked back your free drink, your, your sucker, well, whatever it is and uh, you're ready to go yeah. and uh, it is it's it's just got it's just got a wild vibe that place and mm. the japanese fans are are the best aren't they yeah they're they're, they're such great fans yeah. i've toured with a couple of bands i've toured with the, the, the stone roses and the manix yeah. oasis there and you yeah. can imagine how wild the scenes were with them oh yeah and yeah. uh because in japan the oasis that was the only time they did an encore wasn't it when they oh, played in japan in 94 the first tour there yeah that's the first time they ever did an encore in nagoya and the mm. scenes there were just wild i've never seen anything like it because you've got some great photos of oasis in japan with with the crowd shots haven't you and oh, all the fans and the just amazing. the front you know which oh, is I'll um, ne- we'll never see the like of it again i don't yeah, think yeah yeah but that's what japan japanese fans are like you know they'll, yeah. they'll go out for a great night out and they'll yeah. just they just get into the music and yeah they're into the music and the drink and the love that's it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> and all your photos of Oasis are available from all good bookshops in your Oasis A Year on the Road book. Uh, my o- Oasis, is, uh, <laughs> How I Survived a Year on the Road book. Yeah, you, can, you can buy that book yeah, yeah, yeah. with uh, all my photographs of Oasis in that, including the uh, Oasis Japan. Tour of Japan. Yeah, great stuff. Uh, so that was Sunset Drive and uh, for all our Japanese listeners and we know there are a few of you out there um, they are playing at the What the Dickens the pub good Japanese the Charles Dickens (laughs) Dickens yeah uh, in Shibuya on December the 27th so um, Mm. if you're in Tokyo go along and see Sunset Drive you won't regret it they are fantastic and uh, Mm. so thanks to Kurt and Kazue our mates for introducing us to them and uh, a great band. Good news, we've got uh, a, a new track from Billy Childish. He's got around to releasing a, a new album on Damaged Goods Records, and it's uh, his band Wild Billy Childish and CTMF. And here's a track, the album's called Acorn Man, and this is a track called Zero Emission. Zero <laughs> Emission 
And that was Billy Childish and CTMF with Zero Emission from their brand new album Acorn Man, which is out now on Damaged Goods Records. Uh, it's a great record. It's one of his best albums, I think. I love it. But it's it's really melodic. It's uh, probably you know much more accessible than the last couple of CTMF albums. Good well, to have Billy back. I've always been a huge Billy fan for years, for donkey's years, ever since the Milkshakes. You know, so it's yeah. going back. 30 years now really that's right yeah. and I just love that I love the way Billy plays the guitar I just love his sound you know yeah. and I mean back in the old days people said yeah you can't play guitar Billy but uh, Billy just carried on and played anyway and uh, I mean I think he's a brilliant guitarist quite frankly and uh, oh, yeah, yeah. that is uh, that's just going back to his, to the style that we know and love yeah yeah, well, it's a great album and uh, it's definitely worth getting hold of it's, it's nicely little packaged no, it, it's, it's some excellent songs on there, you know. And don't forget, we've got our special Billy Childish Retrosonic podcast, which is, which is really getting a lot of uh, you know hits and good reviews. And, and I, we had a great chat to him, didn't we, down in the Medway? We did. And uh, but um, what I'd like to do is see Billy do a gig. Yeah, well, we did ask him. We did try, didn't we? Well, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, the thing is, when you listen to this album, you can just you want to see him play it live. It just would do. work, you know. And, you um, do. But he's always been you know a great live act all his bands mm. have been great live and he comes alive on the stage he's, he's great live yeah. I love I love to see Billy live and uh, all the, as I say all his bands have been um, excellent and very visual too uh, yeah I, I, I'd love to see him Billy get back on the stage where you belong please thank you <laughs> yeah. very much Paul <laughs> <laughs>
And that was one of your picks, Paul. That was The Sound and Heartland. And it's a band I've heard. I've heard the name a lot, but I've never really listened to the music. And uh, why did you pick The Sound as... uh... Well, they were a local band. They were from over in Kingston. And uh, Adrian Borland had previously had a band I'd seen called The Outsiders, who were a good little local punk band. Right. But uh, the sound was, 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 a different, was a different sound completely. And uh, their first album, Jeopardy, when it came out in, in 1980, was a, was a huge success. Yeah. Got five star, uh, five star ratings right across the board from all the music papers. Oh, right. okay. yeah. and, uh, but they couldn't i guess they couldn't really find a, a, a an audience mm. which is a pity because live they were they were brilliant yeah and um i think they gradually fade away but i i think uh, i think the record jeopardy is is an mm. absolutely brilliant record yeah um i think it was released on the um Corova records the echo and the bunny men spin-off uh, label yeah. I mean, they, uh, they, from WEA. So they were contemporaries of, of Echo and the Bunny Men and Teardrop Explosion. Uh, that's right. They had that sound, didn't they? But then, then maybe the, the, from judging from that, the songs, but they didn't quite make it, you know, whereas Teardrop Explodes and Echo and the Bunny Men went on to great commercial mm-hmm. success. Mm-hmm. The sound obviously never really, unfortunately, made it, did they? Yeah, it was a real pity. I thought they were a great band, and I think Jeopardy is worth listening to any time. Mm. It's a great record. Mm, sounded great. I'll, I'll definitely uh, look into them a little bit more. And next up, we've got um, a band from Sweden called The Most, and this is a track from their album Auto Destructive Art called Really Good. <laughs> You're getting good at this now Really good You kick me when I'm down Really good You're getting good at this now Really good You kick me when I'm down Really good Turn down your great expectations Tune in and listen to what I gotta say Slow down, you might trip on this is your chance and I'll be away You're getting good at this now Really good You kick me when I'm down Really good Yeah, you're getting good at this now Really good You kick me when I'm down Really good You're getting good at this now Really good You kick me when I'm down Really? 
And that was a most with a track called Really Good, and that's from the album Auto Destructive Art. And I think I told you about this a couple of months ago. I was waiting for my last train at Paddington Station, freezing cold, deserted. I saw this gang of blokes approaching me, and I thought, oh, God, here we go, you know. Then I, then I noticed I had, they were carrying guitars. I thought, oh, I felt a bit more comfortable, you know. <laughs> and then one of them came up to me and said, excuse me, um, we're a bit lost. We're trying to get out of the station. <laughs> so I thought, I suddenly said, oh, are you Magnus from The Most? <laughs> and he went, huh, what? Yeah, and I recognised him. And um, it was... And you'd, said, this band you'd met him before? No, never met them before. Never seen them play live. <laughs> Only, I know the band. I've played them before on the podcast, you know, and um, but, sort of but, linked up on Facebook and through, through the blog. And so I recognised the band. And I knew they were actually playing in London that night. Uh, I was going to a different gig and I couldn't see them. They were playing up in up in Camden, I think, at the Dublin Castle. So why, they, you know, they're at Paddington. I didn't expect to see them. But you're always fated to see, yeah, to meet Swedish bands in strange places, which you do, <laughs> seem to do all the time. Didn't you meet one in uh, Italy <laughs> or somewhere? No, in, in, uh, in Nice. In Nice? Tommy from Stupidity. Yeah, I mean. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, outside the ladies' toilets in, uh, in, in the Gallery of Lafayette. There you go. But, that's uh, that's a, another story. They're, you know, they're following you around all the yeah, Swedish bands, yeah, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, but it was so, so bizarre. And I think mm-hmm. at first they, because they probably didn't recognise me and knew who I was, but then I explained... Oh, I'm Steve from Retroman Blog, and they were like, "Yeah, wow!" And um, it was great, such a coincidence. And we we had a, a great chat. Of um, it, we got mutual friends, obviously, in Sweden and that. And uh, and it, it was it was just it was really funny to see them. And uh, I said, they're, "They're a great band and really friendly bunch of guys." And uh, on on that track, actually, they um, on on the, on the album is uh, a bass player called Inge Johansson, who used to be in International Noise Conspiracy. And that was that great John Whistle bass you heard there. And he's a mm. fantastic bass player. And I said, International Noise Conspiracy, were, yeah, great sound. Uh, mm. We're a really good live band. And they, Ludev, the drummer from International Noise Conspiracy, went on to Free Fall, who you met when Free Fall played in London. Matthias's band from right. Soundtrack of Our Lives. So yeah. um, Inga's a great bass player. He's in a band at the moment called Against Me. I think it's also rock. Mm, they all know each other over in yeah. Sweden, don't they? Oh yeah, they, they, they all know they each do. other. Yeah, probably they probably hate each other as well. <laughs> <laughs> well. They all seem to like. like they all well, seem to get on, you know. Yeah, I might as well play in his band. I've got nothing else to do, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. Oh, it's everyone like, knows each other. Yeah, it's it's all... like musical bands there, isn't it? But yeah. but you know, great great music they make in Sweden. Great rock and rollers, aren't they? Oh, fantastic! And like you said, I mean, they are. All, I mean, I'm trying to write this history of the soundtrack of our lives at the moment, and mm. I, I think it's going to end up like War and Peace. <laughs> the, 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 amount, the, the amount of sort of bands and, and side projects and solos and collaborations and productions and like I said, everyone works on each other's albums and, mm. and it's it, it's a great community, but it, it it's pretty bewildering sometimes. <laughs> it you know. is. But I said, a great great band, lovely guys, and um, and uh, that well, that was uh, the most. Well, maybe we should. Uh Take the podcast for a rock and roll tour of Sweden next spring. I think we need to go. Yeah, I, d- let's I do, do it. think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll do it.
And that was The Outcasts and Magnum Force from uh, live album Viva Leon. Why did you suddenly decide on The Outcasts? Well, I always liked The Outcasts, a great band, and uh, they were more than a punk band. I thought uh, they were a really good rock band, and I chose this one because uh, the album's got my picture on the front cover. All right. (laughs) So do you get more royalties every time we play it? No, no, I don't get anything out of it. But uh, uh, it's uh, this record is has been released by uh, a great little um, record label over in uh, Northern Ireland called Spit Records, (laughs) and. <laughs> this is a really, really uh, a great little label, um, which is uh, run by a guy called Sean O'Neill, and uh, he's putting out uh, the re-releases of uh, some of the more unknown Northern mm. Ireland punk bands, mm. and uh, he's doing a great little job. This album, Vive Leon, is a is a is a great great album of uh, a live a live set down in Lyon in France. In the, in the early 80s and uh, well worth getting yeah they were a great band I saw them live um, gosh it was at the Lyceum I think they might have been I can't remember who they were, they were supporting but they were just one of the best bands of the night you know the, the Lyceum they saw these great bills you know like four mm. or five really excellent bands you know and, and I just saw the Outcasts and they came on and, and they, were, they had two drummers when I saw them once there was a skinhead guy yeah, on yeah, drums, yeah. and then there was yeah. another drummer. And they, they, they were just brilliant, really aggressive. Um, but the songs were fantastic. You know, they, I said they mixed up little bits of reggae and glam, and they're still going. I think I, they're still playing. You know. Well, I hope we can. Uh, if they are still playing, we'll, I hope if they're over here, mm. we'll uh, we should go and see them, Steve. Yeah, because they played in in the Good Vibrations movie about Terry Hooley. They 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 sort of feature quite a lot in that. You know, and uh, which is a great film. Mm. You know, and uh, and you knew Terry as well, didn't you? I did. I met Terry. Yeah, but it's a great band, and um, mm. yeah, good choice. And keeping with the punk theme, uh, here's a brand new track by the Buzzcocks, and this is the way. <laughs>
And that was a Buzzcocks and a track called The Way from the album called The Way. And that's uh, for a brand new album. Uh, it's their ninth studio album. And they released that uh, through one of those Pledge Music campaigns. Uh, still sounding as fresh as ever, aren't they, the Buzzcocks? Uh, still great. I, ha- I haven't seen them uh, for a while, but um, you have, haven't you? Well, I saw the... Um, well, the last time I saw them was when they did that back-to-front gig at the... Brixton Academy when oh, uh, there was brilliant film, that was like a fan's yeah. dream wasn't it because you mm-hmm. had you had the the sort of the support band was the current lineup sort of playing all their new stuff so they got mm. all the new songs you know which is still great you know some mm. of their new records are, are, have been really strong and then they had uh, the sort of main act was the classic lineup you know playing all the classic songs like uh, Ever Fallen in Love and Promises and, and that golden age of their singles so that lineup came on and then the encore they had Howard Devoto coming on doing the Spiral Scratch EP in those tracks. So it was like, this went through the three different sort of eras and lineups and all the members came mm-hmm. on. And I just, what a bloody great idea to do that. You know, it was, it was really well done and a fantastic uh, night. But one thing you did realise is that a lot of their sort of new albums, well, I say new, I mean, they're probably, some of them are going on from like 20 odd years old, uh, are really, really good. And I think they're one of the, the best sort of bands that are still cut from the punk era that are still going and that are still writing really fresh new new songs, you know. And um, that's a great record. I really recommend getting that. Um, it's a Buzzcocks and The Way. Now we're moving over onto continental mainland Europe. And what have you got for us next? I've got Serge Gainsbourg and Brigitte Bardot avec Bonnie and Clyde. James, comment a-t-il vécu Comment a-t-il est mort Ça vous a plu, hein Vous en demandez encore Eh bien, écoutez l'histoire de Bonnie and Clyde. Alors voilà, Clyde a une petite amie. Elle est belle et son prénom c'est Bonnie. À eux deux ils forment le gang Barrow. Leur nom Bonnie Parker et Clyde Barrow. Bonnie and Clyde. Bonnie and Clyde. Moi lorsque j'ai connu Clyde autrefois. C'était un gars loyal, honnête et droit Il faut croire que c'est la société Qui m'a définitivement abîmé Bonnie and Clyde Bonnie and Clyde Qu'est-ce qu'on n'a pas écrit sur elle et moi Prétend que nous tuons de sang-froid C'est pas drôle mais on est bien obligé De faire taire celui qui se met à gueuler Bonnie and Clyde Bonnie and Clyde Chaque fois qu'un policeman se fait buter Qu'un garage ou qu'une banque se fait braquer Pour 
la police, ça ne fait pas de mystère. C'est signé Clyde Barrow, Bunny Parker, Bunny and Clyde. Bunny and Clyde. Yeah, great track. That's an amazing track, isn't it? Well, you know, I'm a massive fan of sort of French music and uh, Serge is one of my all-time favourites. And that's, that's, a hero. that's a great a great song I mean the production on it I mean that's what 68 was it 68 yeah and that was a, yeah 1968 wasn't it and that was the sound of the production and the noises that are going on and that and the rhythmic backing vocals and the, the breathless way it's just unbelievable the way he does duets as well it's just so great the way he, got, he gets that intimacy doesn't he when he's when he's uh, on, on these records yeah, yeah you talk about soul singers I mean Serge had soul didn't he oh, Serge yeah. had soul yeah. big time he Just technically wonderful. wasn't the best vocalist out but it didn't matter did it you know it's, uh, absolutely you know, not I mean that, that that's just uh, one of the well one of my favourite records of all time I think yeah it's just yeah. a brilliant song of its time mm. a brilliant production mm. and uh, how can you not like that mm. yeah and that was from the initials BB album uh, from 68 which was a great one and uh, and you were saying that you were actually in in France the, the day that Serge passed away I was I was in day of national mourning oh I couldn't believe it I, I it was there it was in uh, March 91 I was yeah. in, in early March 91 I was over in Paris with friends and uh, we'd just gone out had a great evening and uh, couldn't believe it just heard on the radio that uh, on, uh, that Serge had died Mm. And everybody was heartbroken. Paris was just like... Yeah, must have been. Paris the next day was in mourning. Mm. Mm. Everybody was walking around going, Serge has died, you know? Yeah, yeah. It was. It was, it was like a city in mourning. Yeah. It was incredible. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I felt it too, you know? I felt mm. that uh, he'd, he'd always uh, been... Uh, he was a very, very revolutionary figure. It's, mean, hard, it's hard to believe how, how what an icon he was in, in France, wasn't it? I mean, we still see him... In the UK, as a bit of a joke for doing the the naughty song Je t'aime, you know, a bit, a bit risque, and I think that's what most people know him for. But he was so much more than that, wasn't he? I mean, yeah. he was a cultural icon in Paris. He was a massive risk taker. Yeah, he was. Yeah, you know, yeah. he was uh, he was against the grain all the time, mm. and uh, I think that's uh, he, he didn't have to be, but that's that's was it. Mm. That was his nature, and uh, quite honestly, I think uh, French people have a lot of admiration for that kind of character. Yeah. I wish yeah. there were more of them around. Definitely, yeah, it's lacking that, isn't it? You know, mm. and like I said, here he was seen as a joke, but really he was cross genre. He could do everything, couldn't he? I mean, he was a, he was a sh- writing classic chansons for some of these top singers. He was moving through sort of um, the sixties and all the yeah yeah music, going into uh, sort of avant garde music. He, he did you know Melody Nelson, which was this sort of concept album, unbelievable. It was one of my still one of my favourite albums. He was doing reggae, he was doing new wave, he was doing anti-Nazi stuff. He, he was just pushing every boundary, wasn't he? And he could Je t'aime moi non plus. Yeah, he could do that as well. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, staying over in France, you know, um, this year we had uh, the first UK gig with uh, Les Kitchenettes. We brought them over to play at the Half Moon with the Lem Price 3 and um, after I saw them in Paris. And they were just such a great band. They, they were wild. Fantastic. Band. Oh yeah. You know, I love them. You know, they're, they're really lovely. And uh, but one thing that was um, a little bit of a, it's a, it's a shame, but you know, that Lucille, the singer, couldn't make it because she was pregnant at the time. So the guys came over, but they still did a proud. They put on a fantastic show. And, and the good news is, is that Lucille has just had a little baby boy. So um, we'd like to say a 
Congratulations. Yes, we'd like to say congratulations to Ludo and Lucille on the birth of their baby boy. And we'd say a campai or a santé. Or <laughs> santé. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. And um, here's a track. And this is Lake Kitchenettes and La Sanseur. Kitchenettes, uh, La Sanseur, and that's for Michelle, Laura Jane, and Melly. That's the Kitchenettes number one fans over here in the UK. And uh, I say congratulations to Ludo and Lucille. Uh, we hope to see you back over in the UK next year for another gig. And next up, we've got The Hard Times, and they said no. Oh, she- 
Oh, that was a great choice, Paul. You dug that out from somewhere. That was a, the yeah. hard times, and they said no. It was stuck away on my hard drive. Was it? it? Yes, I, it was stuck away there, and it had been laying away there for a long time. One of those things that I downloaded from some psychedelic uh, encyclopedia years ago, and uh, never got around to playing it. Yeah, and. Yeah. Uh, there it is. I did a bit of research from on them. They were a band from uh, San Diego, and yeah. uh, they were around for a few years on the West Coast. And actually, this started off as a B-side. Oh, it's a great track, isn't it? It is a great track. Yeah. Uh, you know, it reminded me of you know, or who reminds me of them is the, the High Estate. You know, the the band that Mole is in from Galileo Seven. Uh, they, they had that sort of feel, didn't it? You know, when we saw them at the, at the Bethnal Green Working Men's Club, and they, they, that really sounded like that. You know, that's, that's right. Yeah, yeah. They, they've got that. They've got that great West Coast sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of a bit jangly, birdsy, and as, as the critics would say, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, really, great, great track. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's great when you can't. You know, when you you know you 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 look into your into your tunes and you find something you haven't played. Mm. It's something you've downloaded years ago, yeah, and you haven't played it, and you think, "Wow, I wish I had a single to that. It sound great on vinyl." So you're letting me down here now. <laughs> you, you know, normally we're full of your tales about you finding seven-inch singles when you're in America. Uh, not that, that one. And, and, but you've you've taken the mystery out of it. I have. You? I know. That's a not, download. I know. Let it's, me down. it's an old download, but uh, <laughs> there you go. Unfortunately, of course, is that's where the only place you're going to find these now. Yeah, some of these yeah, records, they're very, yeah. very. Very hard to find, but um, I think this is on. Uh, I think you can find this one on YouTube, actually. Yeah. And next up, we've got Dana Gillespie, and you just got to know my mind.
And that was Dana Gillespie, and you just got to know my mind from her debut album, the 1967 Decca Records record. Decca Records record. Yeah, Decca double records. Decca, Decca, yeah, Decadohedron. Well, she was a double singer. Was she a double Decca? <laughs> she was a double Decca. <laughs> the double Decca singer. Oh dear, dear, dear. No, she was a brilliant singer, Dana Gillespie. Well, she still on, is right. a brilliant singer. Okay, hang on. Right. And she sung everything. Right. It, from uh, soul. Let's be this seriously. No, oh, no. Oh. That was perfect, double decker. What's wrong with that? That's perfect, double decker. That was great. You should know. You should have left it in. That was great, double decker. That would have made people fucking laugh. Okay. And we just said it, you know, without even thinking. I about didn't think it. about it. All right, anyway. Yeah. And that was Dana Gillespie, and you just got to know my mind from. See, you, you fucking, you, you're gonna fucking crack up now, aren't you? Yeah, hang on, hang on. Right, okay, come on. Uh, it was a great track by Dana Gillespie. That's a 1967 Decca Records track from the album Foolish Seasons. That was her debut, and uh, brilliant track, wasn't it? I mean, now she's more sort of she's still going doing blues, more into blues music now. But that that's a brilliant track. You know? That's a scorching track. Oh, great stuff. 18 years old she was at the time. Was she? Yeah. God. And uh, did you know she was the daughter of a baron? A baron, indeed. Baron, yes, from Woking. A baron from Woking. Yeah. Do they have barons in Woking? I don't know, but she was born in Woking. Really? And her father was a baron, so I guess they must have. You know, I mean, I don't know. We have to ask Paul Weller about that. Well, I think she, I think she did hang around at some of the old um, West London clubs uh, around in the sixties, around yeah. the Ricky Tick and uh, those blues clubs, because she right. she started off singing the blues, I think. Yeah, I think she does more blues now. I mean, she does a blues festival over in. The Caribbean every year now, I think, and she's still playing with the London Blues Band, I think they're called. Um, but she has a great voice, you know, and fantastic um, voice. And she, she, yeah, pretty multi talented. Did you also know that she's done albums in Sanskrit? She's done lots of Sanskrit, I'm not kidding, she's done Sanskrit language albums as well. Is that right? She appeared on Ziggy Stardust doing backing vocals wow. on the track It Ain't Easy, and, mm. uh, and her album. I think it's something like We Weren't Born a Man, is it? That record that was produced by Bowie and Ronson. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Back so in the 70s. Pretty, uh, pretty she's in Jesus Christ Superstar. Yeah. Gosh. And next up, we've got a bit of bad news. Um, at the 12 Bar, our favourite club, is finally mm. succumbing to the developers. That's um, oh, bad news, shame. isn't it, I? And um, it's, it's really, really disappointing. You know, I mean, it's it's just such a fantastic club. Yeah, it was kind um, of inevitable, really. We all knew it was going to happen. The redevelopment of St Giles, along yep. with the uh, with yep. the new um, uh, Tottenham Court Road uh, Crossrail Station. Yeah, we'd already seen the the death of one of our favourite venues there, the old Storia, where yep. I'd seen many a band. Classic right. old venue, yeah, yeah. and uh, and now uh, just around the corner in uh, Denmark Street or Timpan Alley, as we like to call it, uh, where you know music history has been made many times. Yeah, um, where I don't know what's going to happen there either. If that's going to remain the same, if the music shops are going to stay, or, or what's going to happen. But one thing we do know is that the Twelve Bar Club at the end of Denmark Street is uh, going to be no more after yeah. January, yeah. and. Uh, it's very sad. It's uh, we've seen some brilliant gigs there. It's in an old forge that goes back to the 16th century, mm-hmm. and um, I guess the room will have to be preserved. Uh, God knows what it'll probably be a, a clothes shop or something. Denmark Street goes back to the obviously it's Tim Pan Alley in the 50s, uh, the Regent Sound Studios where the Kinks, the Stones, all recorded. 
Um, you know, there was a Jaconda cafe where you know Bowie used to hang out, Small Faces. Then you had the the Pistols used to squat and rehearse there in Denmark Street. I mean, it goes back way just beyond the, the twelve bar, and just because we love the twelve bar, but it goes back way way beyond that. And it's really, really sad. I mean, um, also the Buffalo Bar in Islington is, I think, closing soon as well because of redevelopment. And mm. Very sad news. And, um, you know, hopefully Barnet Mark and the staff there will, will move on and get somewhere else in London. I know they're looking at other premises. So hopefully, um, you know, good luck to them. And i uh, just like to say thanks for all the great music and the great friends we've made since we've been going there. It's just a great venue yeah. and right in the heart of London. I mean... But oh, just oh, you know, it's it's so sad to think mm. that it's going, and uh, we're going to miss those um, going to miss those nights down there. But uh, there you go. What's it called? Progress. Mm, apparently. 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 And everything is going to be like. Apparently, building. O two Islington Academy. Uh, or rubbish. I mean, if they're going to destroy places like the Astoria, if they're going to destroy places like the Hammersmith Palais, if they're going to destroy the Marquee Club. Um, you know, unfortunately, the 12 bar and, and a, a bunch of music fans isn't going to stop it, you know. No. Anyway, it's very sad news, and um, hopefully the Fallen Leaves will find another home for their minimum R&B club nights that we've enjoyed going to over the we last few years. Yeah. And talking of Fallen Leaves, we've got a bit of an exclusive. We have got a rough mix of a brand new unreleased track, and this is for all the, the Wednesday club, all the gang at the 12 bar, and this is Motorcycle Girl. Motorcycle Girl.
And that was the Fallen Leaves and a unreleased rough mix of Motorcycle Girl. So a bit of an exclusive for us there. So thanks to the band for that. And uh, excellent. I love I love the whole concept of Motorcycle Girl because I remember Marianne Faithful in a fantastic film. She's clad, oh, yeah. she's clad all in leather. Yeah, girl yeah. on a motorcycle. Yeah, Wonderful. Yeah. Go and see it. So yeah. reminded me immediately of that. Yeah, good. Yeah, you can calm down a bit now. Oh, yeah, thank a bit you. sweaty now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was a great track, and um, also thanks to Henry Scott Irvin and his uh, Save the Twelve Bar campaign, uh, raised uh, over seventeen and a half thousand names on the petition. But another band that we saw recently at the Twelve Bar yeah, with a mindset, great band, and we had a good night, didn't we? At the Twelve Bar, the last one, which makes it even more depressing because we had Superb. we had the Beat Pack starting, who were fantastic. Ian you know, O'Sullivan on drums and the, the Beat Pack we played on the last podcast. They were great, weren't they? They were. Are you glad I told you to get down? Yeah, there? yeah, it was great. Three really good bands yeah. that night. Yeah, and then they had the mindset following them, and they were good. They had spelt with a Y. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Has to be. Has to be, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and they were good, and they had Parsley from the Soda Flares on, on the organ. The sad thing is is that they sounded to me like... You, you kept saying, Steve Winwood. <laughs> I think you were shouting at Steve Winwood. But they, they are that sort of style, aren't they? They're they more are. that freak beat style and, and the sort of classic... 60s rock, aren't they? More, more, more of the classic rock than, the, say, the garage side of it, aren't they? They're, they're more um, traffic and cream and small faces and uh, and that side of it. And past his organ was is, is great, isn't it? You know? oh, I'm a sucker for an organ. Yeah. <laughs> oh, give me an organ any time. <laughs> <laughs> Can you calm down? Stop thinking about the very unfaithful thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting like a carry on film, isn't it? <laughs> but uh, it was good. And, and I got my, I sneakily took along my Solar Flares You Want Blood 7 inch record and I got Parsley to sign it. Yeah. And I've got the whole set now. I was chuffed. Fantastic. How and long he, did that take? No, well, we did it quite quickly because I did the podcast <laughs> with, uh, with Graham Day and Wolf and, and Alan recently, so I got them to sign it. Then it ah, good. But the mindset I've got a new album out called Dreams, Schemes, and Laser Beams. Uh, Stevenage based psych band, and this is a great track from the album called Miracle Maker. Like a flower 
A great track, wasn't it? And um, that was was it from uh, from the album yeah. called uh, Dreams, Schemes, and Laser Beams. That's the one. Yeah. Well, if you're any kind of psychedelic state, you'd never be able to say any of that, uh, would I, you? After a, <laughs> after a few of those beers, I could hardly say it. <laughs> as bad as the Decca Records. The, the Double Decca Records. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a great track, Steve. Brilliant. Great band. Mm-hmm. You know, Can't wait to see them again. Yeah, I definitely want to see them again. They're, mm. they're, they're fantastic. And, uh, and another band that I saw, again, at the 12 Bar, not that we're labouring the 12 Bar point at all, but... Uh, was off Arrow Hill and um, Eno Sullivan used to be drummer with the Aardvarks mm. and Jason the bass player was in the Aardvarks and now um, they've got together with um, of Arrow Hill singer uh, Adam Easterbrook singer, songwriter and guitarist who's been doing some great records um, that I've discovered uh, this is the first time I saw them live uh, great band I really enjoyed their set totally different you know to, to what's around on the scene they're, they're really sort of original really short songs Packed full of melody, they're, they're a little bit. I, I thought they reminded me of Robert Pollard and Guided by Voices, and apparently Adam's a, a really big fan as well because they're really short tracks, you know. But you expect them to go on, and they don't. They suddenly stop, and you think, "Bloody, how do you get that, that many melodies in one little song?" You know, and, and sometimes a little bit frustrated because you want it to carry on. You expect that tune to go on, but really, really great sort of um, good songs, all different genres and styles, and sometimes it's really sort of like um, Liverpudlian sound, like Michael Head from Shack or or sort of Julian Cope and then he sounds he sounds a little bit like Marky Smith and then he's going to like Robert Pollard and 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 but it's all very English in a strange way it's all very sort of um, pastoral and literary, literary can I say it? <laughs> you can <laughs> and, uh, it just a, it's brilliant I'm just really impressed and, and the new album uh, the vinyl is is great it's beautifully packaged there's postcards and you get a CD with it and it's it's, it's lovely to get a record and open it up and there's all things inside mm. it you know you don't get that's that like the old downloads, days, you know. yeah I, I, I must admit it was great to get a bit of new vinyl and play yeah, these days yeah, isn't it yeah it was really good but it's a, this is a great record and I, I'm really impressed with it and um, definitely be seeing this band again excellent and here's a track this is actually I think they're just going to release this as a single from the album Uh, this is and that's what really happened blues Well, it really is 
And that was Of Arrow Hill and the track uh, from the new album A Conspiracy of Clocks. And that's what really happened blues, uh, a great record. And uh, so we'll be keeping a, a check on them uh, in the future. And you picked out uh, a great little bit of Northern Soul to get us up on our feet. Absolutely. And what have you got? This is a fantastic slice of, uh, of uh, soul, Northern Soul, by uh, Willie Kendrick from uh, 1972. This is Change Your Ways. massive hit back uh, in the Northern Soul Clubs back in uh, 72 and uh, I just happened to get my uh, hands on a vinyl copy of it the Always Like That record mm, great track great great track mm. and uh, he was in the Just Brothers wasn't he yeah, yeah. yeah. it's yeah. just one of those beautiful beautiful Northern Soul tracks yeah. and you can yeah. see why that genre went on for such a long time those uh, uh, those eminently danceable tracks. Yeah. It's having a real resurgence at the moment, isn't it, Northern Soul? And there's been it some is. movies made about it. And That's all, right. It's all, it's all coming back again now, isn't it? Well, but, why not? Yeah, great why, stuff, you know. Probably never went away, really. Yeah. But uh, I think there's uh, there's always going to be an audience, probably a younger audience, be mm. great for younger audience uh, started to you know, get into that kind of music too. Yeah. And yeah. it would be nice to hear some new it'd be great to hear some new soul music coming out of uh, mm. maybe out of this country you know yeah yeah so from a bit of uh, a bit of northern soul we're going to go into a bit of ukulele punk and uh, we've got uh, a track from the pukes new album too drunk to pluck 
And this is a cover of Wires. One, two, X, One Two XU from their new album Too Drunk to Pluck, and that's our favourite ukulele orchestra. I think we can almost call them an orchestra, can't we? There's wild. about twenty-five of them. They're wild. <laughs> I photographed them live. That's right. Yeah, yeah you did, didn't at you? the Dublin Castle last yeah. year. Oh, that was for their EP launch, Damaged oh, Goods Records. It was uh, what a night! Mm. I couldn't believe it. They're a great band live, aren't they? Oh, live. Yeah. It was it was a it's a symphony of sound. Yes. One could say. Yeah. Held um, together by that fantastic drummer of course yeah many many women of yeah. all ages yeah playing all kinds of different ukuleles yeah. and it was just amazing and a couple of blokes don't forget a couple of blokes yeah don't forget the blokes a couple of yeah. blokes yeah paul our mate from the great, of course great paul redford lovely guy that we see at the 12 bar many times well, that's i'm right. gonna get nostalgic about the 12 bar again no, i know i know and the pukes played at the 12 bar and can you imagine them this is how small the 12 bar is yeah <laughs> they, they had there was more of them Maybe they got. Maybe half of them went on the balcony. As <laughs> yeah, well, well. Some, I think there must have been some on the balcony, some yeah. in the audience, yeah, some yeah, on the yeah, stage. Yeah, but yeah, I can't yeah. imagine. I didn't see them there. I never saw them at the twelve bar. But they are amazing. How they would get in that room? They are they? amazing to see live, yeah. though. They're yeah. tremendous. Oh yeah, I saw them at the, the Tate, and I saw them at a pub in mm. just around the corner after the uh, Art of Punk book launch at the Tate. They are just such fun. Brilliant. Yeah. You give it everything. Yeah. And to hear these sort of punk songs, you know, played on ukuleles, you can't help but smile. I mean, it's just it's just joyous, isn't it? You know, mm. and, and everything sounds so cheerful on a ukulele. <laughs> it does. It does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And they they do tracks from you know like Dead Kennedys and and, uh, and sort of <laughs> yeah. uh, and all these like so there's a wire track that they do Ramones and all these covers, mm. but it's played on these these brilliant. It's a different variety of ukuleles. Isn't no, I, I, I really want to go and see them in the new year, I must admit. Yeah, yeah we'll, they were we'll fun. Get, we'll, we'll they definitely, were a lot of fun. Yeah. Go down, see we'll go them and again. See them, yeah. 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 But you just don't go to the front of the stage and get mangled by those big punks. Yeah, know. yeah, they, they do have some... Uh, yeah, they do have an entourage old of old-school punks uh, yeah. uh, who, who probably saw the original bands play the original songs That's right. when they were about 
six stone and now they all weigh about 18 stone yeah. and that's the only problem <laughs> we were bashing the original photographers in the pit as well uh, you know, and, I've got elbows yeah I've got elbows <laughs> that's right yeah. <laughs> that was a great track um, that, that was the the, the, the pukes uh, and the, the brilliant new album uh, Too Drunk to Pluck well I went to see The Fallen Leaves at the Putney Club a couple of weeks ago it was a great gig with uh, Supermink 70 and in the crowd was uh, Buddy Ascot from uh, The Chords, and he was raving about uh, the band that he's in at the moment called Speakeasy, and their new album Trouble, and here's a track, Before the Night. Speakeasy and Before the Night from the second album Trouble. Excellent. Great bit of guitar, wasn't it? On that? Fantastic guitar. You know, especially we're listening to it on the stereo and mm. it's going from one to the other and it is really, really great band. Oh. You know, and the album's great because it's this, although you, when you think of the Speakeasy, they're like a mod supergroup. They were put together as a backing band for a charity record and like a mod, mod aid record. You know, and so you had um, members of, of the Chords, Long Tall Shorty, you know, and uh, Purple Hearts. And I think they loved it playing together so much that they started this band Speakeasy. And um, It's but, great. 
but from that, it, 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 the album is is, a, is all different genres. It's not a typical thumping mod revival band. It, mm. It's a really good record. You know, there's all sorts of different influences in there. You know, and I love that track. I mean, the guitar work on that is absolutely fantastic. You know, I said definitely we're going to see them live. I think if they good play. local stuff. The chords they were from Sunbury. Yeah, they were, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the singer lives in Japan now, based over there. Right, the buddy lived in Japan, so we're having a good old chinwag about. Uh, and we had another campai, you know. We had another campai. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely yeah. good, good, good. Um, but uh, a great record. Right, and next up we have got our what has become traditional Graham Day song. Every podcast we seem to play a Graham Day song, and we hasn't been every podcast, has it? Mm, I think pretty much. Yeah, if you count the prisoners, the solar flares. Yeah, the, the, I think we. Pretty well, much I think we've got to play. Song. We've We've really got to play a Graham Day. Yeah, we, yeah, that's right. Well, we've got to play a Graham Day song this time because um, uh, he's just released a new album, Steve. Of course. Um, the Graham Day and the Forefathers uh, new album on yeah. vinyl um, with um, with my photographs on the front ah, cover. I thought, <laughs> I thought there'd be a reason. Yeah, well, of yeah. course, of yeah, course, you know, of course. Yeah, yeah. There is a reason. But, but uh, although the cover is great, yeah, the cover is brilliant. <laughs> the cover yeah. is great. Yeah. I, I admit, the, uh, the inside is even great. Yes, I must. Very nice. Oh, it's just, it's great because basically what it is, it's it's Graham and the Forefathers covering Graham's um, great back catalogue of of songs from all his bands. Okay, and which one have you picked up? Well, I picked the title track from the album, Good Things. Baby, in your mind 
Wow, what a track. I mean, we're playing air guitar, we're jumping around, you know, you can put your hockey stick down now. <laughs> <laughs> and you can put that tennis racket away, I'll put my tennis racket. <laughs> you know, I mean, Jesus, that is just unbelievable, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's you great. Know? I mean, just recorded live in the studio, not many overdubs in it, it's just brilliant, you know. Just, just what a band. Oh, well, it's just unbelievable, isn't it? I they mean, are a great band, aren't they? Yeah, but the problem is I'm finding it really difficult to, to listen to other music now because I'm judging everything by Graham Day and the Forefathers and his back catalogue standard, you know. Well, they make it sound so easy because I think Graham and, and Wolfie and Alan, they just play so brilliantly together. Yeah. And it's just all those years of expertise mm. just coming together mm. when, they, when they're on stage or in live, they're just unbelievably good. Oh, and, yeah, uh, uh, probably one of the best live bands I've seen yeah. in, in some time. Graham's just tremendous live on stage. And, yeah. uh, of course, Photographer's Dream. The live gigs and, and, and the album are just uh, are superb. Yeah. Absolutely superb. Definitely my highlight of the year. Oh, the gigs, you know, the Grand Day gigs. gigs. They've been of course, back. the best one was the one that we did at the Half Moon. Oh, that was. <laughs> no, but it, no, I mean, you know, it was, was a wasn't it? Let's be gig. honest. It was, it was. It was a brilliant Well, because night, we're, you're right next to the stage there. Yeah. You're right next to this stage, which is a few feet above the ground. Yeah. You know, it's a dream for somebody like me as a photographer. Yeah. And and the crowd, you can't get closer to a band than that. Yeah, there's a lot of. Surely it's, that is that is yeah. where rock and roll succeeds when yeah. when the band is in an intimate place. Yeah, it was great. Wasn't and they're it? just I mean, giving the, it. The comments thing. that we got after that gig, didn't we? We just, just still going. I think people were, were sort of. It, it, it meant something, and I think that's why I was so chuffed about that. You know, yeah. it, it was it was a bit of a risk because financially for me, it was uh, doing it. It was different to what I'm normally used to with the bands that I deal with. And I'm a massive fan, as you know, of the Prisoners and Graham Day. So it was always I was a bit in awe of doing a gig for them. But they were so great to deal with, uh, you know, real pleasure. And, and, and the fact that it really worked, you know, and that I'm getting still messages about that gig, how, Peter, how it meant a lot to people, I, it, it makes it all worthwhile, you know. Because we do this for the love of it, and it, it was just fantastic. Well, you know, hopefully and, and, we you know. can... Uh... Oh, you're getting some money out of it now, though, from your... <laughs> Well, these album yeah, I've got a couple of quid for the album cover. That's about it, you know. Just uh, you know, <laughs> my fair reward. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, for all the work yeah, I put yeah, in yeah. and all the gigs I went to. But yeah. uh, the album looks beautiful, and yeah. uh, uh, as I say, it's it's, it's, it's the inside is, is is better than the outside, and uh, it's 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 a, it's one of those albums. You know, I had it on in the car the other day. And just listen to it from beginning to end, and it's oh, just not—it's not a bum track. Yeah. Of course it's not. not they, a well, bum they, track. They it's just—it's just a wild, wildly good record. Yeah. Well, they can do a volume two. You know, yeah. They can just run and run, can't they? <laughs> yeah, it's good. You know, every time yeah, we do a podcast, yeah, yeah. we've got lists of Graham Day related yeah. tracks that mm, Solar mm, Flares mm, and things, and that that we want to mm. play. You know, and I think if they did a volume two and picked another twelve tracks, they would be equally as good. You know. But when you when you think of all the mundane rubbish that they put that you see on the television. Graham Day would just set the TV on fire if he if he could get his yeah. foot in the door. He would be amazing yeah. on TV. Well, we said that we like the visual bands like oh. Fallen Leaves with their with their look and the Lem Price three. Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, all it takes is for people to see these bands and, oh, nice. and see the, how incendiary they can be live with yeah. great stuff and you know but uh, you know we live in a sort of parallel universe I think where yeah, places like Denmark Street and the 12 Bar mean something so we're yeah. obviously out of sync with the yeah. with the world out there you 
right when, uh, uh, when, yes, yes, well, I won't yeah, mention yeah, yeah, yeah. some anyway, of those bands. No, but it was, it was, there a, you go, just brilliant track, great record. And of course, also, Alan has done great work with Galileo 7 this year, with a yeah. brilliant record, False Memory Lane, which was one of our albums of the year. And Wolf has been, again, with Billy Childish and the CTMF album. So, mm. all three of them, regardless of, of the great Graham Day tracks and, and, mm. uh, the forefathers, they've all been doing brilliant stuff this year. So I think definitely men of the year got to be Alan Graham and Wolf. And from a bit of uh, contemporary garage, we're going to go back back in time. And you've picked out from now. This is not a download. This is a proper hard copy seven inch bit of vinyl that you've got. It is. This is. Yeah. This is. Um, this is the Vagrants from 1967 with I can't make a friend. The Vagrants, 1967, I Can't Make a Friend. Great, fantastic track. That's such a brilliant production too. Yeah. It's got everything in it. I think, I think it's produced by uh, Felix Papalardi, who, uh, who, who went on to produce um, Cream. Uh, after, after the Vagrants split up, uh, the guitarist Leslie West went with uh, Felix to uh, form the, uh, uh, the band Mountain who became probably a lot more successful in uh, the USA than they did here. But uh, that's a great, great slice yeah. of, uh, yeah, of uh, psychedelia from 67. Yeah, good. Brilliant production. Good choice. Right, thanks for listening, everybody. And don't forget to check out the Retroman blog at www.retromanblog.com. And we'll put up links to all the bands that we featured, well, all the current bands that we featured, uh, and where you can get the new, new albums and new releases. And our archive of uh, Retrosonic Podcast is up at the SoundCloud site, so you can browse the archive and download all the episodes free. 
and we're also going a bit up market now we're on iTunes so you can subscribe to us free at the iTunes store uh, there you can get our recent uh, Medway Trilogy podcast it sounds, it sounds like Lord of the Rings or something doesn't it the Medway Trilogy uh, uh, where we've got uh, specials with Billy Childish and Graham Day and the Forefathers where we interview Graham, Alan and Wolf and look at all their different lineups over the years and, uh, and that's a great one to listen to and uh, also uh, to complete the trilogy Pub Monkey Pub Monkey Pub Monkey Lend Price 3 Lend Price 3 and Pub Monkey is uh, is doing the rounds at the moment Um, the writer Jamie O'Hara is organising sort of screenings where you can see the the movie and then uh, see a live set by the Lend Price 3 who appear in the film and do the score so um, look out on the Pub Monkey uh, website or obviously on the Retroman blog and we'll announce uh, dates of when they are going to do the screenings so as I said, thanks for listening. Um, I hope you check out the blog and we hope you've enjoyed some of the tracks that we've played today. And uh, thank you, Paul. Thank you. And uh, thanks enjoyed for it. joining us. Yeah. Um, we did have some sad news. Um, when we were at the 12 bar, we heard that Ian McClagan from The Small Faces uh, passed away, and uh, which was uh, pretty bad. He seems to be one of those people that no one had a bad word to say, didn't he? No, he wizard keyboardist. Popular. Wizard keyboardist. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, on all those fantastic... Small Faces singles. Yeah, thoughtless, wasn't they? You can see his influence on bands like The Prisoners and uh, and obviously right up to date, you know, with the, with the great Hammond and, and Wurlitzer that he played. And uh, I didn't know, but he, he was also, he played with Billy Bragg, B- Billy Bragg as well. Yeah, uh, he played with Billy. On, on the Billy Bragg and the Blokes. Mm. And then this year he'd, uh, he'd formed, which is a band that I, I heard, I, I didn't know he was involved with, but The Empty Hearts, who are like a power pop super group. They have like Clem Burke from Blondie and some of the Romantics and, and the Cars, I think, and, and, and he was involved with that as well. And so they just released that, and so it's, uh, it's, uh, it's sad news. But um, to play us out, what have you chosen? Well, uh, I think one of my favourite records probably... The small phase and probably one of my favourite records of all time has to be Tin Soldier. Uh, well, it's, let's uh, let's play out with. It's a beautiful Soldier. song. Yeah. Recorded locally over on the other side of the river, Olympic Studios. Beautiful keyboards and uh, and wonderful vocals by P.P. Arnold. <laughs>
Without words So now I'm not my way 